This podcast is brought to you by Brunner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbrunner.com and take your skills to the next level. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my goal with each episode is to share stories of people who are recreating their lives or rising above challenges to write their next chapters with authenticity. These stories give me the courage to go after living my best life, and I think they will do that for you, too. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the show so this podcast can continue to inspire next chapters all over the world. Today is known as the Day of Love. Yes, it's Valentine's Day. And if you want to stop wasting time in the wrong relationships and find the right partner for you or improve your existing relationship, then stay tuned. My guests say there are five essential shifts that you can make to attract the right partner into your life and find the guardian of your soul. They have been happily married for more than 20 years. Lisa and Benjamin Shield, welcome to my podcast. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you, Liz. We're so happy to be here. Well, what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than with both of you today? Lisa and Benjamin, what does finding the guardian of your soul mean to each of you? Lisa, let's start with you. Well, to me, it means bringing in a true partner, a partner who sees all of you and wants to hold you bigger than you even hold yourself. Mm -hmm. So they see things in you that you can't even imagine that you could do or be in this lifetime. And then they create that space for your soul to become everything it's longing to be. Benjamin, what do you want to add to that? Adding to that is that the guardian of the soul sees more of the person than they they can see it themselves. And they do whatever they can to foster that journey. If Lisa felt that she needed to go to India for, you know, like nine months, I would do whatever I could to make that happen. So it's really seeing her soul's journey. How can I foster it? And how can I be the guardian of her soul? Lisa, for more than two decades, you have been coaching women and men in love, dating, and relationships. In fact, you were probably one of the first people to even call themselves a love coach. You've been featured in the LA Times, Cosmopolitan Magazine. You've been a guest on ABC News and even the Millionaire Matchmaker. How do you differ from other so-called dating coaches? First of all, I started this when no one else was doing it. So I thought, oh my God, with online dating, I thought for the first time in my life, I had an opportunity to go on as many dates as I wanted to and to actually search for a partner. That was revolutionary Mm. because in the past, when we were younger, we had to wait for a guy to ask us out. So for me, that was a game changer. And what I realized through all of my spiritual work, all of the courses I did leading up to starting that process, none of those things taught me about how to find a true partner. And so I took the best of what I had learned from all, you know, Don Miguel Ruiz and in my spiritual psychology master's program, even from 12-step programs. 
And I created a course that is unique to me. Mm -hmm. Nobody has it. My approach is revolutionary. It truly is. And I didn't model myself after anyone else out there. And what I created was a proven, now after 20 years, step-by-step roadmap, not just for finding a man or a soulmate, but a true partner, a real guardian of your soul. And one thing we didn't say about guardian of your soul relationships is that guardian of your soul is a verb. Soulmate is a noun. It's a thing. It's an objective. But a guardian of your soul is a way of being with each other, Mm. a way of treating each other. So it's a very different objective than most love coaches give you. Benjamin, it's my understanding that after dating Lisa for only about three months or so, it was really your suggestion to say, hey, you should become a therapist, a love coach. Why did you see that in her? Well, Lisa at the time was manufacturing and importing from Mexico and Vietnam. Her heart wasn't really in it anymore. I would hear her on the phone and she would be speaking for hours with her girlfriends about relationship, about love. So I found her a coaching school and I did whatever I could to support that over those early years. And she, she blossomed. Lisa, before meeting Benjamin and becoming a coach, at the age of 34, you were living in Milan, Italy, and you were working as a fashion photographer. But you also have admitted that you were in a very unhappy marriage when a friend said something quite shocking to you. What did she say? One of my closest girlfriends, she had photographs of my ex-husband and me and her now ex-husband, a friend of hers saw those photos and she asked my friend, is she always so sad? Referring to me, my friend said this to me, and it was shocking to think that somebody else, a third party, would notice that. That was the beginning of me really starting to look inside myself and ask myself, why am I so sad? Mm -hmm. What gave you the courage to walk away from an unhappy marriage, to move back to the United States and walk away from a secure job in photography? I was going nowhere. I was stuck. And I don't know for anybody who's listening today, if they've ever felt stuck in their lives, like you can't move forward, you can't move backwards, there's nowhere to go. And you realize you're sick of telling your own stories. I mean, I was tired of telling my ex-husband and other people, oh, I'm going to get my break. And I was working and I did some great jobs but I was so deeply fearful and insecure Mm. that I would sabotage a lot of opportunities. I started to think he's going to catch on and he's going to leave me. That fear hitting bottom, it forced me to look at myself. And I talk about how I had a little tiny book from Paramahansa Yogananda that had fallen into my hands. And it was all of these different spiritual truths. There were probably three or four pages uh, about compassion and forgiveness and gratitude, concepts that I had never contemplated. Mm. And I would read a few pages, I'd go into the dark room, and I would contemplate what those words meant. Mm. And I 
literally had a spiritual awakening. I don't mean to sound metaphysical or exaggerate, but it was so eye-opening to me to start to look at all of these things. And I really went through a transformation. I spent three months just reading this little book, going into the dark room and analyzing my life. Mm -hmm. And when I came out of the dark room, I left my husband. My greatest fear was, was him leaving me and I wound up leaving him. Benjamin, your background is also quite interesting from the standpoint that you initially enrolled in dental school because that was the safe route for you to go. But you soon discovered that your real passion was rolfing, which is a form of structural integration, a type of body work. You ultimately go on to get your PhD in health sciences. You're an author of four books. And your favorite book, Handbook for the Heart, which you co-edited, is filled with wonderful essays on love from some of the most renowned and best-known spiritual teachers out there. Why is this quest for love so important to us? Because it's the most important thing in our lives. And sometimes it's the most elusive thing. (laughs) The book was really about how one could foster more love in our lives. Often we, we hit a roadblock. We get into a relationship and the relationship is what it is, but we sometimes stop searching. And so this book is for those people who may have reached a, a speed bump and to go further and further and further mm. and ask people how they find love, how they foster it, how they maintain it, how they, they let it grow. Well, it touched my heart when I was reading through it. So thank you for sharing it with me. Lisa, you've talked about the fact that you went on 95 dates before meeting Benjamin. How did you guys finally meet? <laughs> we met on J-Date and it was extraordinary. Meeting him was one of the most magical moments of my life. I remember vividly when he walked into the restaurant and he leaned over and he said, it is so nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. And instead of just sitting down or making that, you know, a throwaway moment, he looked right into my eyes and he held my gaze for a little longer than most people would. The first thought that flashed across my mind was, oh my God, this is the kindest person I have ever met. Mm-hmm. That's really who he is. I saw him in that moment. We've been together for 20 plus years now. (laughs) And Benjamin, what was it about Lisa that made you say, oh, she's the one for me? Going to the restaurant, and I'm never late. I always get to places early. I got lost. Oh, no. (laughs) And it was so frustrating because I was trying to get internet reception for my phone to call the restaurant. And back then it was poor. And I was just thinking if anything happened with this date, it's going to be a a miracle. (laughs) I call the restaurant. I say, is there a woman who's been sitting here for 20 minutes by herself? Lisa got on the phone and I say, I'm so sorry. I got lost. I know the way back now. And she said, oh, don't worry. I'm just sitting here enjoying myself. Mm. And with that compassion, with that non-judgment, that's really how our relationship has been. Compassionate, non-judgmental. During the date, she said, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself and I'm ready to find someone 
to have fun. And I just put my hands under the table and silently said, thank you, God. (laughs) You both talk about there being five essential shifts that both men and women need to make in order to find the guardian of their soul. Can you list those five for us? That's part of our presentation. And one is about throwing away your list, Mm. that we create this long list of must-haves and it becomes so exclusionary that there's almost nobody who can fit the bill and we're really looking for something impossible. And so in our 12-week program, we have a process called Your Final Five where we help the women really look at all of their past relationships and come up with the five qualities they must have in their next partner. And it's a very different kind of list. Mm -hmm. We talk about naked communication, that getting emotionally naked is the key to connection and it's the thing we're most longing for, not physical nakedness, but emotional nakedness, which is much harder and much rarer. I'm trying to think of them all, Liz. (laughs) We're going to let people go to your websites and they can look up the rest of them. How's that sound? Because I really want to get to your podcast in which you say you guys like to bust the dating myths. I love the fact that listeners get to at times hear from both of you, a female perspective and a male perspective on various topics. We're going to tackle a couple of them. So Benjamin, I'm going to start with you. Rejection. You say that men are just as terrified of rejection as women. How so? And if not just as terrified, even more terrified. I was recently on an airplane flight, and so I download books, and I usually pick a single subject. So I picked rejection, and I downloaded every book I could find from Amazon on rejection. Every single one. I I don't think I could find one for women. Every one was written for men, and these were written by psychotherapists who have really been terrified of rejection and it's kept them from dating it's kept them from meeting you know extraordinary people men are often portrayed as players or really insensitive people but we have deep 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 sensitivities one of the things that lisa brings out in her course is compassion for men and really understanding men because often we have the wrong vision of how a man is, what his sensibilities are. Mm-hmm. Men can be terrified of rejection. All right, let's tackle another subject, Lisa. Online dating is huge. We all know that. A lot of people are very successful at it, but it does have its pitfalls, such as getting ghosted. What does somebody do when you get ghosted? Well, first of all, it's so easy to take these things personally. Most men, they're afraid of disappointing women. Mm. And so they will go to great lengths to avoid having to face a woman's disappointment because then it makes them feel like a failure and they don't want to hurt us. They don't realize they're hurting us worse by not saying or doing anything. And so what I encourage my women to do is to take the lead, to take what I call the feminine lead and send a message to that man and say, you know, I see that we're not a match. I wish you all the best. And I thank you for the time we spent together. So at least she feels that she's done everything from her end 
And she doesn't feel like she's just sitting there and feeling like a victim because we do. We feel rejected. We feel like a victim. And very often they will get a text back or a message from the guy saying, thank you so much. I so appreciate your message. And sometimes it actually even can lead to another date (laughs) because the guy may have thought that she wasn't interested. Very, very often women don't realize it, but we think, oh, I'm being charming on a date. I'm being engaging. I'm sitting here for two or three hours. Surely he thinks I like him, but the guy isn't sure. And so he may not ask her out again. So it opens a door either to get closure or to possibly the guy coming back and saying, oh, no, I wanted a second date. So much miscommunication all the time, isn't there? (laughs) That's the bottom line. Benjamin, I know that one of the ways that you work with Lisa is helping clients write their dating profiles. And you have said that the right profile is key. What does a right profile look like besides being honest? Well, the right profile tells the reader who someone is, but also who they're not and what they want and also what they don't want. The goal is to profile so crystal clear to represent that person that they're proud to put it up. Many people are shy to put their profiles up that friends or family will will see it, coworkers, uh, because it just sounds like they're advertising themselves like everyone else. That can be embarrassing. But when the profile so reflects the person so clearly, they're proud to put it up. First, right off, I list what they're looking for. You know, and if someone is looking for marriage, I put that in the first line, just so people don't waste their time and what they're looking for in a relationship. And then a bit of description of who they are, adjectives like playful, uh, intelligent, creative, things like that. I talk about things that they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. The passion comes through the pages. Even if they're passionate about things that the man may not be interested in, the passion comes through. We talk about who the woman is looking for. You know, someone who is perhaps emotionally available, affectionate, a good communicator, has a generosity of spirit, is a lifelong learner, and then really talking about what the relationship together would be like, and then having a a lovely conclusion of inviting someone to join them on that, that journey. If you'd like to learn more about Lisa and Benjamin's work, the courses that they offered, including the Emotionally Naked course, you can go to their websites, lisashield.com and benjaminshield.com. They each have their individual websites. And I also invite all of you to check out their weekly podcast, which is called Finding the Guardian of Your Soul. Thank you both for being here today and really reminding us that we can transform our lives. And yes, indeed, we can find the guardian of our soul. Thank you both. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Our pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening. And whether you share your love with a special partner or you let those whom you love know how much you love them and appreciate them, you have the opportunity to create your best life and one that is filled with love. Until next time. Be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. 
check out fasttwitchmedia.space.